So next up we have Rudy Rucker, who is one of my total heroes, and I am just so stoked that we could like, you know, coerce him into being here tonight. He is a pioneering science fiction author um, whose books include um, the Ware series of books, uh, Mathematicians in Love, um, The Life Box and the Seashell, Fract and the Elixir, and most recently Post Singular, which is an amazing, amazing book about the singularity, and its new sequel, Hylozoic. And he is also a painter and a photographer and um, an electronica DJ, very, very pioneering, and a cyberspace feng shui expert, and a neuroseismologist, which could come in very handy. Um, anyway, so people can't, he, he, has, he has done, you, you do not even know, like, last year when the internet gained sentience, and then lost it again, and then gained it a few minutes later, and then lost it again, and just kept gaining and losing sentience over and over again, and people were like, what the hell is going on? And they called in Rudy Rucker to explain, and he basically figured out that the internet was bored with us. Yeah. It was gaining sentience and just thought we were so boring, it was just like, screw this, I'm losing sentience again. And like, so all of us now are working much harder to make the internet more entertaining, or to entertain the internet, so that it'll eventually want to be sentient for more than a few minutes. Um, but it's, it's a steep, steep, steep battle. Most of what Rudy Rucker does with his time now, though, is um, consulting with the government on first contact with alien species. You, you may not know this, but we actually make first contact with a new alien species pretty much every day, and sometimes like two or three times a day if it's like a major space holiday. So far, none of these alien species have, have actually been perceptible to human senses, and they mostly communicate by things by like changing the air temperature by a degree or two, or making food taste differently. And, um, you know, they, they have a hard time understanding us as well. They're, they're very aghast when they come here on a, on a major space holiday and they find us working. And, um, you know, they also mostly do not distinguish between our work and our excretory functions. And so they don't understand why we get paid so much for just doing that a few minutes a day. And, um, you know, so, and it's, it's basically down to Rudy Rucker to communicate with them and find a way to talk to them. And, you know, it's thanks to him that we have not yet been endorsed by any aliens. You might think that aliens wanting to endorse you is, is a good thing, but actually it is a terrible, terrible thing. And uh, <laughs> he can explain more about that, but very, and, you know, so basically like when your quiche starts tasting like grapefruit, it is Rudy Rucker who steps in and, and, and understands what the aliens want. And he is so valuable at this point. There is not one Rudy Rucker. There is a distributed network of Rudy Ruckers <laughs> around the world. And, and like currently the Chicago Rudy Rucker is actually crunching data while the, the Los Angeles Rudy Rucker is building a server farm out of farms and um but the san francisco rudy Rucker is here with us which is incredible and we should be super excited and please welcome the amazing rudy Rucker. have you noticed that none of the authors is able to respond to what charlie says that's just too demented I'm going to take a picture of you all. There. Okay. Um, the, I'm going to read something from Hylozoic. Actually, it was the one part that Charlie said grossed me out, so I thought that should be the part that I read. And uh, the, a couple of things you need to know before I start. There's a married couple called Twee and her husband JJ. JJ's in a sort of coma because of something some aliens did to him. Twee is angry at him about this. Uh, and then there's a young boy called Chu, 
is about 14, who has a crush on Tweed. Here we go. Oh, and this, this section I'm going to read ends up very close to here at 16th and Valencia. Okay. Sitting on the edge of the fire escape, Tweed stretched one arm towards Lusky, the giant flying manta ray, keeping her other arm wrapped around JJ's waist. She had to wonder if she were making a catastrophic error. With a blast of warm, fishy air, the mothership manta ray's red glowing mouth bumped against the metal fire escape. Tweed got to her feet, levered JJ over the lip, and followed him in. Hurry, teeped Lusky. I'll camouflage myself and fly away. Inside the manta, all was calm, with the space dimly lit by glowing traceries of magenta veins in Lusky's yellow flesh. The warm, damp cavity was smaller than Tweed had expected. She sat on the ridge floor with JJ stretched out beside her. Although Lusky was teep blocking, teep by the way is telepathy, teep blocking herself from outside viewers, Tweed could teep around the manta's interior quite well. She located Chu and a humanoid female lying nude on bunk-like ledges toward the rear of the chamber. The alien woman had three eyes, her skin was chartreuse, and she smelled like Brussels sprouts. It's the Flemish thing. A fleshy cone hung from the ceiling like a stalactite, shielding the dark tunnel of Lusky's throat. It was like a person's, what was the word? Uvula. The dull red uvula wobbled back and forth with the beating of the ray's massive wings. Hello, Twee. Teep Chu, I, I didn't think I'd see you again. He sounded shy. Maybe he'd heard her imitating him when she said goodbye to Kitty. As usual, Twee had been live on Founders, although now, inside the hurl, her teep to the outer world was blocked. But she'd be online again whenever Lusky opened her mouth back on her life reality show. The ratings for this adventure would be huge. I'm glad you're okay, she told Chu. He really was very cute. I thought you might be in outer space by now, somewhere like the Hrollveld. Is that where this green woman is from? Glee is from a planet called Peppel, said Chu. She, she's a pusher for Lusky. Her boyfriend, Ken E, just died. I'm not sure why I might replace him. I'm not sure why I might replace him. But there's one part about being a pusher that I don't like. Peppel, hadn't the Peng mentioned that place? But before getting into all that, Twee needed to think about JJ. He was sleeping as deeply as before. She leaned over him, making him comfortable, teeping into his metal state. Suddenly the floor lurched and the sound of an explosion filtered in. The crownies alerted your Air Force, Teep Lusky, banking to the left. Her virtual voice came in pulses. She was flapping fast. Even though the pilots can't see me or teep me, they're tracking my gravitational signature. Hang on tight while I try some moves, and get ready to push with Chu and Glee. We want to teleport out of here soon. The manta heeled to the left and did a loop. Breathing the warm, soupy air as shallowly as possible, Twee lay pressed against the membranous floor beside JJ, doing her best not to puke. I'm warning you right now that I'll spit out JJ the instant that those filthy pain take him over again, Lusky informed Twee. She'll set JJ to casting runes against me. Well, you can't just drop him from the sky, said Twee sharply. Maybe she could get away with being masterful. I want you to ferry us to Seven Weagle Labs in San Francisco, Lusky. We'll talk about all that after we hop, said Lusky noncommittally. Right now I'm dodging jets. Look, 
We don't have to be inside you at all, snapped Tweed. We can perfectly well teleport to California on our own. Except that your husband is too zonked to teleport himself, said Lusky, at least for now. Also, you're hoping for a nice ratings bump if you try and rescue Chu. Don't think you have secrets from me. Twee sighed and sat up. The damp heat was oppressive. It might have been more comfortable to strip down like Glee and Chu, but she didn't want to be teasing the boy. It might make her look bad. The space inside the manta's mouth was like a low Gothic chapel. In addition to the two pusher banks by the throat, there were a pair of larger ledges near the front, perhaps for the absent wobble and duxy. Oh boy. Fleshy feeding tubes dangled in each niche. But the humanoid woman, Glee, looked emaciated. Glee just looks puny, said Jay, in tune with Twee's thoughts. She's her normal weight. She's tough, like beef jerky. Lusky feeds us as much as we like. The thud of another explosion filtered through Lusky's flesh, and the great hurl rocked heavily to one side. Whoops, teep Lusky. Time to push, guys. What if we skip California and go straight for the Haral Veldt? Gaia needs us, protested Tweed. Drop JJ and me in San Francisco, like I said, and release Chu too. Chu's my pusher now, said Lusky. He wants to stay. I'm not so sure, said Chu. I need to think about it a little more. So fine, we'll go to SF, said Lusky equably. Start charging my pusher cone. You help too, Tweed. Just try it this once. Once you have the full pusher experience, you might want to stay on too. Chu and Glee focused their attention and began teaking, that's trying to uh, telekinetically move, teaking at the ship, trying to move it with their minds. That's all that pushing was. Twee joined in, but for the moment nothing happened. The manta ray was too heavy for three people to move all at once. Don't stop, urged Glee. Nothing is wasted. Our teak goes into the pusher cone. She was referring to the, referring to the fleshy uvula at the back of Lusky's mouth. Drawing on her mental visualization tools, Twee saw the guantum jiggles of their telekinetic waves as orange and purple bands that wrapped around the wobbly, dangling pusher cone. Glee's three eyes were golden in her triangular green face. She had smallish breasts, wide hips, and a human-looking pubic mount. Twee was ever so slightly jealous to see this alien female stretched out nude so close to Chu. Absurd to feel that way, but there it was. Maybe Twee was a little jazzed to have a youthful admirer. JJ sure wasn't doing much to make her feel sexy. As Glee, Chu, and Twee continued teaking at Lusky's bulk, the pusher cone trembled and grew moist. Slime glistened on its surface. Drops dripped to the floor. Hurl gel, teeped Glee. The goo had an invigorating smell like musk and cloves, a scent with a somewhat purplish quality. Galvanized by the odor, Glee stopped pushing and sat up. No matter, the teak accumulator was full and now discharged an illusionistic switcheroo of space-time frames. All right, teeped Lusky, we're over San Francisco. I'm going to circle in a holding pattern while you three enjoy your treat. Drop your teak block, Tweed told Lusky. I want to see for myself. No, said Lusky. I don't want those planes to find me again. Gel time, messaged Glee. She was crouched beneath the pusher cone, scooping up slime from the puddle, smoothing the funky stuff onto the skin of her minimal breasts. What is it exactly? asked Twee uneasily. Health, teeped Glee, smiling over at her, showing her pearly teeth. She stretched out her glistening green hands. 
Try some, Tui and Chu. See how it feels to be a real pusher. The gel is a drug, said Tui, taking a careful step back from the whole mothership's body. I haven't taken any yet, said Chu, standing at her side. After each hop, Lee gets some. This is the part about being a pusher that I don't want. I don't like doing things that make me lose control. I'm with you, said Tweet. I bet that gel is totally addictive. Gel is my bond to my pushers, said Lusky, not really contradicting her. You'll love it. The three-eyed Lee grinned at them, but for the moment made no move. Tweet poised herself to kick the wiry alien girl in the stomach, if need be, and Chu took a fighting stance as well. Useless JJ continued lying limply on the floor. A deep laugh gusted up from the mantis throat, and she sprang a surprise. Her great mouth puckered, forcing Tui and Chu against the sulfurous green woman beneath the pusher cone. Glee's slime-coated hand massaged Tui's face, her slender fingers working the gel deep into the chambers of her nose. Wow. The gel was great. Tui didn't feel zonked, not even high, just really healthy. All aches and weariness drained from her frame. The tension she'd been carrying her shoulders was gone. She felt like she'd done yoga, taken a shower, and napped. <laughs> the mouth's walls opened back out. You see, teeped Lee with a sunny smile, the gel is good. She smeared it on Chu as well. There's another effect too, she continued, slyly winking her third eye. It makes you feel like, you know, Tui knew. She was already feeling the tingle in her loins. Do you want to, said Chu, looking at her with a sweet, tentative smile. Please? I don't really know how, but... Twee cast a quick glance at JJ. He was lying there with his eyes closed. She was sick of being his coma nurse. He brought all this on himself, getting so high and yoo-hooing peckle, the peng. She'd never felt so horny in her whole life. But Chu was an innocent kid, 14. She thought back on her own self at 14, with her girlish dreams of dates and dances and the perfect kiss. The pumping and grinding of actual sex would have horrified her. No, Chu, said Twee, fighting back her lust. It wouldn't be good for you. You're not ready. She was doing okay. She was taking the high road, but then Lusky teeped into her head and nudged her over the edge. As if in a dream, Twee undressed, laid down on Chu's bunk, and began passionately kissing him, her visual field overlaid with the pulsing networks of Lusky's veins. Glee sat off to the side on her own bunk, looking amused. Do it, Twee, moaned Chu. I love you. With Chu urging her on and the gel throbbing in her cells, Twee found herself unable to summon the will to stop. They moved from kissing to fondling and then to the real thing. Twee on top, Chu on top, back and forth, in and out, the lovers riding volcanic waves of sweet sensation, kissing each other over and over again. Chu came once, twice, three times, and Twee more times than that. Perched upon the lovely boy, riding him down the stretch for one last orgasm, Twee happened to glance toward her husband. Oh, shit. JJ's eyes were wide open, fixed upon her, fascinated. But his limbs were paralyzed again. The Peng were back in charge. No teep block could keep the Peng out. JJ opened his mouth and began to moan and hum, gently twitching his hips. Goosebumps sprang into relief on his skin. In that instant, he seemed utterly loathsome. I have to ditch him, Laird Lusky, angrily 
pointing toward the ground. Oh, why did I wait so long? I was busy watching you two, and damn it, more jets are coming. The manta ray's mouth parts twitched, inching JJ forward so she could spit him out. The great jaws opened to reveal the chock-a-block pastel homes of San Francisco blanketing the hills far below. It was nearly dusk here. The air was moist with fog. A plane roared past, trying to force Lusky down. The wind and noise brought Tweed to her senses. It suddenly struck her that, with Lusky's mouth open, she and Chu were visible on the Founders show right now, and Chu's penis was still in her vagina. Poor J.J. was wedged against Lusky's lower jaw with his head turned at an awkward angle. Tweed's heart flip-flopped. Don't, she screamed, pushing herself off Chu and scrambling after her pitiful husband. You'll break his neck. But now J.J. slid free and lurched across Lusky's lower lip, halfway out of her mouth, moaning a tune, beaming it into the flesh of the manta. Twee grabbed his feet, dazzled by the downward view. They were at least 200 meters above the ground. Let him drop, Teep Lusky. He's... Twee heard a series of crunches and wet snaps, like a butcher's cleaver cutting up a chicken. J.J.'s rune had not only killed Lusky's flight lice, the rune was telling the atoms in Lusky's wings to opt out of their chemical bonds. Chunks of flesh tore loose. The alien manta was coming apart. Lusky shuddered, twisted, and corkscrewed into a downward death spiral, the wind beating in through her slack, gaping jaws. A harrier jet whooshed past with a gloating waggle of its wings. Hop, Twee screamed to the others, then teleported herself and J.J. to the pavement. Fortunately, she had the presence of mind to adjust her velocity to match that of the ground. Chu and Glee did the same, touching down lightly at her side. They landed at 16th and Valencia Streets in the Mission District. A block away, Lusky hit a row of shops like a bombed airliner, sending up a gusher of glowing orange hurl blood.